It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. Second hour of Live Bet Saturday, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. Pamela Maldonado, got to get through it. I'm excited, <laughs> uh, is here as well. we got a lot to get to for the rest of the show, but I wanted to open up with this here in the second hour. Uh, I'm a big social media guy, really enjoy it. And uh, the other day, Pam, I was uh, looking around. I saw this clip, so I thought this was pretty interesting. I wanted us to kind of expand on this and talk about it here um, on a really good potential sports betting event, but this is what I saw. <laughs> Pam Maldonado, she's strong. Pam, I think Pam would kick your I think you're so wrong. I love Pam, but listen, a lot of it's up here. You have to be an absolute and utter lunatic to get in the octagon. You have to have something a little bit wrong with you to be willing to get punched in the face (laughs) repeatedly for a living. You are a So, So all I'm saying is I'm a little bit more crazy than Pam. Pam's definitely stronger than me. But like I beat other women arm wrestling that do CrossFit for a living. Like it's all about technique and being able to get into people's heads. So that's your, that's your friend, Kelly Stewart. Dare I say a friend of mine as well, uh, who believes that right. she's being disrespected here. And um, in hypothetical odds is a pretty big underdog. And I think, uh, Kelly, would you like to respond to these allegations um, that you would oh, be the no. underdog here in this matchup? Yeah. Okay. Listen, this is, uh, and this is where I want to give a nice compliment to Pam because I didn't do it on the Kelly and Murray show. Pam is a wonderful, loving human being, which is why she doesn't behave like me. She does not want to seek violence every day. Pam would rather hug it out. She doesn't want to punch people in the face. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I think that you have to kind of take that into account. I'm like an angry little elf at times, right? Even though Pam and I are the same size, she's probably got at least 10 pounds of muscle on me. It, you cannot underestimate the power of the brain and determination for being an absolute and utter lunatic. 
Kelly, you know what? For all those times that you did the horns down and you made me wear a KU shirt at Kansas State instead of my Longhorns, you know what? I can bring it out. I will rip your throat. <laughs> You're right. You I can't, can't do it. I was going to say, you can't. I was going to say. I can't do it. I have never even slapped another human being in my life. But, yes, I I don't know about the 10 pounds of muscle. I'm going to go over on that one. (laughs) Listen, here's the key to... Here's the key to me winning this fight. Pam gets me on the ground. I am absolutely in a world of hurt. That I know. She would choke me out, pin (laughs) me down, and it would be over. I'd have to tap or pass out one of the two. But if we stood up and boxed I think it'd be a really interesting fight. That's why I had to say I thought Mike Palm priced it just a little bit wrong. Uh, so I just had to come on and defend my honor a little I, bit. I think quick, if we, I think if we boxed, that even then I could just wear you out. I, I wow. like for just for like sh- shits and giggles, I end up going like nine miles just because I got bored. So I think I could just like make you run around the ring a little bit, and then by the second round, you're like, all right, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> well, I think it really depends. You're right. If I got a couple of haymakers in, though, it could be uh, it could be real bad. So the hypothetical <laughs> odds for this mixed martial arts bout, uh, Pam would be a minus. 500 favorite according to the uh, the superbook and kelly i made the odds minus 650 in favor of pam <laughs> and you you hit on the key factor if i'm in pam's corner and i'm coaching her you mentioned that she's a hugger i would have her hug you to death i would have you <laughs> i would have her take you down and just squeeze you as hard as she possibly could i think that's the route to victory here i think you're up against uh, it yeah i knew that was the route to victory you got to get me down first and that's going to be the thing um you know I understand that there is a uh, a muscle factor here. There's a strength factor here. But I think Pam doesn't give me enough cardio credit. Uh, just because I'm not running nine miles, <laughs> uh, I just naturally am at a nine all day. Don't you think that's cardio for itself? I will give you the Kansas. <laughs> I will give you that Kansas benefactor of yeah. You've got a different. You've got different levels to you that maybe I haven't seen because we are friends. I don't want to see what that other side looks like. <laughs> All right, I like it, Kelly. Before we let you go, really quickly, I don't know anything about Ariel. Are, are you a are you a a short favorite there? Should you be a bigger favorite over Ariel? Oh, Ariel wouldn't even fight me back. She actually joked in a group chat with Pam and I yesterday. She's like, you know what? If you broke my nose, I wouldn't even be mad. I'm like, uh, I think she would just cower down, and, and that's okay, because that's just who she is. She's a lover, not a fighter as well, and uh, she would probably just just be like, all right, Kelly, if you want to punch me in the face that bad, go for it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, let's grab martinis after. <laughs> exactly. No, but see, Pam, on the other hand, who wanted to do this for charity? I'm like, I'm not getting punched in the face for charity. Listen, I'm all for helping out the dogs and the veterans, but you're going to punch me in the face. I'm going to need that money to uh, buy myself a new face. You know what? I come from I, back in my poker days. A lot of things like this, these prop bets always happen. There's always some uh, player A against player B, and it was never for charity. It was for like big time money, like ones that I remember, like 100K. Now, granny, we don't have that, but like, you know, we got 5, 10K. We got, we got something. Honestly, if we wanted to do this, I am fully on board. We had Joe D'Amico who said, yeah, I will. We wanted to raise money. All we have to do is listen to the mentions. They don't want to see us beat each other up. They want to see us mud wrestle. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a different I mean, conversation. <laughs> I want to see you guys beat each other up. So let's just put that one in the column. I'm um, on board. <laughs> Kelly, before uh, before we let you go, uh, we'll do the, we'll do the professional thing. Kelly, of course, works for Wager Talk. And the, the Kelly Murray podcast is where you can find this conversation and many other great ones with John Murray over at the Westgate Superbook. Uh, big college basketball day and the Super Bowl is on, uh, on the horizon. You got anything to leave us with in terms of some wagers today? 
Yeah, so I did uh, lay the five and a half with San Diego State. This yep. is just a purely system play I've been playing over the last four years, college football and college basketball. Uh, lay it with the unranked favorite at home. I personally looked at the Big 12 card and played four, or excuse me, three other games today. Um, I really do like this UCF team, especially at home. Oklahoma, if you remember, they absolutely just embarrassed my Kansas State Wildcats uh, earlier in the week. I think they're getting a little too much love here in the marketplace. I made this game a pick so I caught one and a half at home with UCF. And then I took Pam's Texas Longhorns that she thinks I hate <laughs> so much. I do know, uh, obviously, they do have Iowa State on deck. But this is a, a league where... Every Big 12 game is a look-ahead game. I don't think any of these teams are looking ahead. Um, and I do like I do like her Texas Longhorns catching four and a half at Texas Christian. I do think that that game the week prior uh, with Texas Tech, a little fraudulent there down the stretch. Texas Tech kept it close until the till late. Got to cover with CCU if you took it there. And I really like Baylor today as well. And that is another one of those kind of system-ish plays, if you will. Um, you're looking to back the home team uh, that is both ranked opponents here. Uh, but the home team, laying it just a short number, I did lay three with Baylor. And then um, I know you guys want to hear about the Super Bowl, and I want to give you a side. Mm-hmm. I am so close to laying it with the Niners. I, I just haven't trusted this team during the playoffs, but I really, really want to. I just saw a couple books move to two and a half. Money line's getting a little bit higher. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to probably uh, – to probably man up here and uh, get to the window with the Niners. This is just becoming eerily reminiscent of Super Bowl 55. Well, if we're talking about manning up, JBT actually has a futures ticket on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, and he's right now teeter-tottering if whether he wants to hedge or not. What's your general thoughts on whether a person should be hedging? Uh, well, it all depends, right? I said I wasn't hedging when Ravens started to hit five at Circa in Colorado, and everybody's like, why wouldn't you call your sister and see if she'll put down a couple dimes for you? And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of work. I think the Ravens are going to win this game. And then in hindsight, I probably should have done that. Um, and that's the problem with hedging. Uh, I had a dime on the Ravens to win 20 grand. That dime wasn't going to change my life. Was a 20 grand going to make me have a profitable football season? Yeah, it was. And uh, I probably should have guaranteed myself that. And so the way I look at hedging is, do you need the money? Was the was there an appropriate hedge spot, right? Which mm-hmm. there is here. With the, if you're not laying a ton of money, if you wanted to bet Niners money line and how much are you going to guarantee yourself? Right. So there was a kind of a different scenario with my boyfriend, right? He took the four and a half with the Chiefs. He also had a Ravens future at a different number than myself. And he kind of went back and forth on, he's like, look, I'm guaranteeing myself, you know, I think it was 10 or 15 grand. And I said, you should do that. And uh, I think it really is a case by case basis. It's not something that I've, ever been successful at doing. How about that, Pam? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think the thing that if changes... I hedge, if I hedge, I always regret it. If I don't hedge, yeah. I always regret it. How yeah. about that? The thing that changes the, the mindset for me, too, is it's not a life-changing amount of money. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, it's that I think the 49ers are the side. So you know what I mean? So I, I feel like yeah, I'm going to lose out on this. That's a different scenario in itself as well. If you yep. also think the 49ers are a side, that opens up a whole new element to things. And I absolutely would hedge then. Yep. All right, Kelly, we appreciate some time. Thank you very much. Uh, apologies for the slander that you had to undertake here uh, on the uh, the price of this MMA fight. Hey, I appreciate you guys. It's been a fun 24 hours. Yeah, you got it, Kelly. Thanks. Appreciate you it. See you in town. <laughs>
Kelly Stewart, Kelly Vegas. How you feeling, huh? You I saw a little really bit good. of fight from Pam there. She, she was getting a little, she was getting a little feisty there. I am a lover, not a fighter, but I will fight for what I love. So if there's something on the line that is worthwhile, I am very competitive. So I may not have like a mean bone in my body, but I am very competitive. Have you ever played that card game, um, like Super Speed and Speed? No. Like I get outrageous for something as basic as that. Well, here's the thing. And I, I you know what? I should do this with Kelly here because I, I don't want to make any accusations where, you know, it doesn't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm talking smack. I saw Kelly swing a golf club. She doesn't look crazy athletic. Like you did what? The bodybuilding. You can golf. It's still you play tennis, yeah. right? Is I, play tennis. Like, I literally play everything. You're, you're an athlete. Like <laughs> Kelly might be in shape, but you're, she, you're an athlete. Let's get the pool a bar. Yeah, like. <laughs> I just hit some new PRs this week that I'm very proud of. I was in Austin for the week. And so what did I do? I hit my P but got back to my full strength. I did three sets of 10 on the, on the squat um, at 235. That was pre football season so i'm happy to be back at that the pull-ups i hit for the first time 13 reps of the wide grip i hadn't done that before so come on kelly i'm ready for you you'd crush her <laughs> and uh, you know I'll, I'll uh i'll take some of the juice off and bet you to win by tko as well let's get some method of victory props to uh, get that in there all right uh, we'll take our break we come back we'll get back to the super bowl we can look back at the old super bowl and uh haven't really spoken a lot about mvp yet either so we've got a lot left to get to here don't go anywhere live that saturday here on vcindy sports betting network Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. <laughs> 
This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, welcome back in. A reminder for all of you who maybe are not VSIN Pro subscribers yet. Check out a VEASAN Pro subscription now. And if you do, I'll give you 10% off. Just use the promo code LIVE, L-I-V-E, annual sub for only $199. Get access to everything we do here at VSIN. Daily best bets, the betting splits courtesy of DraftKings and our big game betting guide. All for $199 for a full calendar year. Use promo code LIVE, L-I-V-E, at VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe. All right, Denise Jenkins is doing a pretty dang good job here for St. John's. Has him up on top 37-36, 19-36 left to go here in the second half. So we just got started over there at Madison Square Garden for the second half affair. Uh, in terms of scoring, as I mentioned, uh, Jenkins for St. John's, leading scorer for the Red Storm right now, 13 points on 4-6 shooting. He is 3-4 from three-point range. So a very big here, uh, big day here for Jenkins. Stephon Castle, leading scorer for the Huskies at 12 points, 5-9 from the floor in um, the Spot du jour of the morning. A lot of people on St. John's here catching the points at home at MSG against UConn. So we'll keep our eye on that second half. We do have some really good tips coming up a little bit later today. The next best one coming up in about 45 minutes. Texas on the road against TCU. That's going to be a fascinating affair. Took my shot earlier this week against TCU uh, and absolutely crushed Texas Tech on the offensive rebounds. It was actually, I thought it was a really bad spot. Texas uh, TCU Pam had come off of a triple overtime win over mm. Baylor on the road, went back home to play host to Texas Tech, who had lost just one game to the number one team in the country, Houston at that time, um, since the end of November. Figured that it would be a good spot, but uh, Texas Tech on the road got kind of smacked around. So we'll see if maybe the wear and tear of the Big 12 schedule shows up here against Texas. So we'll see. I think Kelly was on Texas, right? She was on yes. your Longhorn seat. So there you go. on my Longhorn, which is rare. <laughs> the, uh, the, the spot's got to come at some point to, to fade TCU. That might be here today. All right. So Super Bowl 55, the last time these two teams met, uh, as we know. 54. Uh, 54, excuse me, 54. Excuse, thank you. I was thinking Super Bowl 55, I believe, was the, uh, what am I thinking of? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Super Bowl 54. So as we look at this now, I know people are going to ask like, hey, mm -hmm. any comparisons? Like what's going on? I would say there's not much outside of just the logos and what we've seen here. Okay. I mean, obviously, one of the biggest differences is not only the quarterback, which is you know Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy. Mm, uh, you don't want to insult anybody. I think Brock Purdy's actually, I'll say this. Brock Purdy, I think, is the better quarterback of the two. Yes. Um, so there's that difference. Better ball protection. Um, yes. And there's also the big difference of Tyreek Hill is not here. Sammy Watkins was on that team for right. the Kansas City Chiefs. Those are two fast and explosive receivers. Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Christian McCaffrey <laughs> wasn't a part of it. Raheem Mostert is very good and very yes. fast, but he's not the all-around guy that uh, right. McCaffrey is. So I think we're both in alignment here. A game that was 31-20, had 51 total points. All of those things. I don't think there's many similarities that you're pulling from four years ago. <laughs> well, we're talking about like the 49ers offense not having CMC back then, but also the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a different offensive team back then. Uh, we can talk about Patrick Mahomes as great of a quarterback as he is. They've always been known as offensive juggernauts, and this is the first season that they're not. And it's not for a lack of talent. It's just for a lack of cohesiveness within mm -hmm. the unit at the moment. So we're talking about back in during uh, that Super Bowl, the Chiefs were second in yards per play. Right now, they've dropped it down to 10th. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like you're still in the top 10, but it's still just not the same offensive unit that we're used to seeing. Yeah. Um, 
And that's pretty much where it ends, right? Like, I just don't really know how much. I mean, Kyle Juszczyk had three receptions for 39 yards and a touchdown in that game. Yeah, a touchdown. Uh, Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it's going to be here. Uh, Did he have the first touchdown in that game? Oh, for the Niners. Okay. All right. There we go. So, bet Kyle Juszczyk to have the first touchdown for the 49ers, huh? That's the way those things totally translate. And it came uh, right before the half, so maybe... Live bet opportunity on Juszczyk if he doesn't have it in the first quarter. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to ask you this, because okay. I think this is pretty interesting as we look at the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Uh, and Caesar, I'm not insulting your team, and I think maybe you would agree with this. Defensively, this is not the same 49ers team as, like, that team was here against Kansas City. Right. And I think that the reputation would give, like, with, with the, the reputation that precedes it is not really matching with what we've seen recently, right? right? And we could talk about like, you know, the, the, the sacks and pressures and different things, all that kind of stuff. It's not the same dominant defensive unit that especially uh, was a big part of why they got here. And it's been a reason why we have seen from a power rating standpoint, you know, the, the, the rating on San Francisco, and I think rightfully so, Pam, has kind of started to dip. And I'll, I'll right. bring this back to a couple of weeks ago on Christmas. On Christmas Day, the 49ers were six point favorites against the Baltimore Ravens at home. Right. right? That same Baltimore Ravens team that was laying about four against Kansas Jeez, City. Right. And here we are in a neutral, and we're floating around two. It might get to one and a half. So are we at a point now? There's clearly been an adjustment on the San Francisco right. 49ers power rating. Is it too much? Or is the downgrade paired with an upgrade, clearly, of Kansas City, is it apt and two is where it should be? Because I, I kind of, part of my logic outside of the actual matchups, which we really haven't gotten into, outside of that, I do believe that there is a market value here. I do believe that the 49ers are being a little underrated here, given the fact that they have not covered these last two games. And frankly, the reason why the 49ers are here is because the Packers beat the Packers and the Lions beat the Lions. Yeah, that is true. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you can have an answer that maybe they are being undervalued to a certain extent, but I think also the Kansas City Chiefs are being undervalued as well, simply because it's not the same offensive Chiefs that we're used to seeing. So this is the same, uh, what I was talking about, the offense for the Chiefs, not being there this year compared to years past, it's the same thing for the 49ers. Their defense hasn't been here compared to years past. So it's a little bit, you meet in the middle type of scenario, Mm -hmm. and it really comes down to what are you undervaluing overvaluing when it comes to what is going what side of the ball is going to win the biggest game in the NFL so if you believe that it is an offensive then they could be the 49ers and maybe you're undervaluing them if defenses wins games and then oh yeah your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes who can make plays then the Chiefs are being undervalued which is why I like them on the money line that uh, that Super Bowl was such a great Super Bowl for me won a lot of money only had one loss the entire time. Did you time. take the U check to no, score I did a touchdown? Not. No, I did not. Because no, <laughs> that, that was like what? An insane. It was probably like 10 to 1. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, had a, I had a great time. I had a great time. Won a lot of money. I only had one loss that whole Super Bowl in terms of sides, totals, props. Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. <laughs> never forget it. Absolutely never forget it. Uh, all right. So, as I mentioned, 31 20, that was the score last time around. Right. High scoring, explosive offenses. We saw it all. Where are you at with this total? Because I haven't really asked you too much about 47 and a half and where we're at now for this current iteration of Chiefs 49ers. I like the under 47 and yeah. a half. This is the one that I have put my money on already. Um, I like everything that I have seen from the Chiefs defense this season as far as shutting opponents down in the second half. And if I like a total to go under or a team to win, it's because of that reason. What are you doing for me in the third and fourth quarters? Steve Spagnuolo's defense has been hella scary all season long. The defensive line with Chris Jones, that is a force to be. Hell- 
reckoned with. scary. I like it. Is, it. it is really scary. Like, yeah. it has a force to be reckoned with. You have the backfield coverage with Legereus Need. He's the driving force to the defensive success. And then you have the defensive talent, plus the years of experience with Spagnola's defense. I mean, this is a complete defense on every metric side that can absolutely threaten Brock Purdy um, from being able to have a generating any type of passing game that can have the ability to stop Christian McCaffrey uh, or at least force him into like the passing role uh, as suspect as the defenses they have against the run. I think it is strong enough because of the pass rush to complement, and that's how you can limit the 49ers offense. The second half adjustments from the Chiefs all season long have just proven to be it is elite. It's not a fluke. It is Mm -hmm. shown every single game from the start of the season till now when it matters most. And this is why the second half unders 18 and two for the chiefs fourth quarter unders 19 and one. I am not messing with those trends. Those are trends that I strongly believe in because there's data metrics to back it up. So I'll take the under 47 and a half second half under fourth quarter. Under. Yeah. We're at odds in terms of the side, but we're in agreement here with the total. So I think 40 under 47 and a half is the side too. And I do believe like part of it is my logic when it comes to the way that this game plays out, which is if, if you're going to beat this Chiefs defense, I think it's up the middle. I think you're running the ball. I think you're running it effectively. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a pretty big game going back to our trends, right? I think you're going to try to win this time of possession. And I think you're going to try to really work a ground or excuse me, a run defense that has not been very poor and on the other end, kind of what you're talking about here, you have Debo, you're excuse me, Debo Samuel. You have um, Steve Spagnolo, who has been brilliant. You got a secondary who I think can match up with these wide receivers that can mm-hmm. make this pretty tough for Brock Purdy. And you've got an offense in Kansas City that has not been consistent in any way, shape, or form. You even you go back to again the Baltimore Ravens game. You start out brilliantly, you get shut out in the second half. You average four point four yards per play. That inconsistency has still been there, and I think it is somewhat worrisome that the first two games you had over four hundred yards against Miami. You had seven point seven yards per play against Buffalo common thread there injuries for both defenses right. and then you face baltimore you get off to a good start with your scripted plays and then all of a sudden you got nothing after that right. and i think that that plays to its uh, to the trend here too to to get this thing under the total now again i think ultimately the outcome is that the 49ers win or the benefits of this game going under the total but we're in agreement with the way that this thing's going to get played i think that would be my only concern i'll call it a concern uh, that i have is for the chiefs i really wanted to see the ravens just run down their throats and they just completely went away from the game plan Six what's been, rushing attempts what's been wild. what's been working for the ravens all season long what they're known for on the on the offensive side for the scheme and then you don't do that so i really wish that we saw how the chiefs handled that type of game plan and because we didn't yes i'm still a little bit worried and hesitant but like as, as i mentioned like this is a defense that has proven itself make to, to make second half adjustments i'll trust uh, by the way, before you get mad, six rushing attempts for the running back. So I know somebody's right. like, oh, you yeah, don't have more than that. <laughs> All right, when we come back, let's talk a little college hoops. Mike Cooch is going to be with us. College basketball writer, FTN Network. We got a lot of top 10 matchups to get to later today. Don't go anywhere. Saturday on the Sports Betting Network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, you'll get four free air chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free juicy, rich, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Check it out. OmahaSteaks.com slash the sin. 
48-46, UConn up on top of St. John's, 12-40 and rolling in the second half. Let's continue to focus on the world of college basketball. Mike Kutry's with us, college basketball writer, FTN Network. Nice enough to give us some time, break down an awesome card of college basketball today with three top 10 matchups. So let's start because there's a lot to get to here, Mike. Uh, I want to go to, I think, the big one, right? Everybody's going to be excited. We're always excited when Duke and North Carolina go at it. North Carolina looking for the double revenge uh, because, of course, they got beat up by them last year. What do you make of this matchup between the Dar Heels and the Blue Devils and what we've seen from these two teams so far? Yeah, it's always fun when you, we get Duke and UNC matchup. Um, you know, the juices are going to be flowing over there at the Dean Dome in Chapel Hill. Um, but I'm actually a seller of this UNC team. I mean, RJ Davis um, and that Tar Heel squad has had a fantastic year so far. Um, but, you know, I think they're playing a little bit above their 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 level right now. Um, and I think Duke has a, a couple um, matchup advantages um, in this game here against UNC, where number one, um, you know, Duke is an elite transition defensive team. And, you know, UNC does seek a lot of their offense and transition through that classic Tar Heel, Tar Heel secondary break. So I think Duke can really uh, stifle the UNC transition attack here. Um, and another thing that the Tar Heels have, um, we've really seen here with the Tar Heel offense um, is that they um, they really have um, really not been going to uh, their big man of Marla Baycott a lot of the time where Duke can struggle is in, in on the interior. And, you know, I, I don't think that the UN, the UNC's um, offense is really going to be looking for Baycott in this game, which which could hurt them. And then lastly, um, the UNC pick and roll defense with Baycott there has really struggled all year. And we've seen the emergence of, you know, point guard Tyrese Proctor over the last few games in ACC play for Duke. And I think he has an advantage here against that UNC defense. And I think Duke pulls up the upside here um, on the road against UNC. And I'm taking them with four and a half points here. Another big matchup as a Big 12 girl, I have to look to the Big 12 conference for today. Houston minus one and a half point favorites to Kansas. Houston has the number one defense in the country, but Kansas has one of the top offenses um, with a game total of one thirty four and a half. Where's the edge between these two Big 12 teams? Yeah, it's funny to see Kansas uh, as a home dog uh, at here at Fog Allen. I don't I can't remember the last time we've ever seen Kansas as a dog at home at Fog Allen. Um, but, you know, Houston's had a fantastic year this year. Number one defense in the country. Um, you know, super, super aggressive, highly pressurized uh, perimeter defense here. Um, but, you know, it is Houston's first year in Big 12 play, and they're not really used to the gauntlet schedule uh, of, you know, day in, night in and night out, having to go on the road here and face these really, really tough Big 12 opponents. Um, I think it's going to take them some uh, a long time to get used to this road road grind, and they're going into Fog Allen. It's going to be juiced up environment, really tough place to play. Um, you know, it, it Kansas. I, I'm a little lower on Kansas this year. You know, the, they um, their offense isn't the typical Jayhawk team we're, we're used to seeing. Um, but you know, I do think they have some advantages here. Hunter Dickinson and KJ Adams really have to attack this this Houston pressure on the short roll. And I think um, Kevin McCullough can really have some advantage with his side against those smaller Houston guards. They're going to need him to score in isolation against that Houston defense. Um, you know, as long as Kansas can rebound the ball, um, I think that they can pull it out in a close game. Um, you know, I always have to side with Bill Self when the game's going to be close, especially at home. And then we have, you know, lockdown defender Dewan, um, Dewan Harris, who's going to be guarding uh, Jamal Sneed. 
And, you know, I have to side with the, with the Jayhawks here uh, at home in what should be a really close and fun game. Yeah, Mike, to your point, um, in the last 30 years, Kansas has been an, a home underdog twice. February 27th, <laughs> 2021, and then December 4th, 1996. And I don't think this would surprise anybody here to know that they won both those games outright as home underdogs. So uh, it is you don't see it to, often. Yeah, no, you don't see yeah. it often, and they take care of business there. Uh, all right, let's go to another one. A lot of people that I know and respect in the college basketball world looking for Kentucky to bounce back as a small home underdog against Tennessee would make it a spot for the Wildcats and uh, lean to the Taurus you know, play on the total I believe you have too yeah I, I do like the a play on the total here and the total number is uh, it got down to 159 and a half I think the last I saw which I still like it at that number um, and you know I do also see a lot of people on the Kentucky side here as a, in a bounce back spot and, and I like them here um, you know, I, you know, the, um, there's going to be a lot of juice in the building as well in here in this game, you know, Hey, you have the top two teams in the, in the conference, uh, battling it out here. Um, you know, there's, there's been some, some weird rumors around the point guard, DJ Wagner on Kentucky, and he hasn't been practicing all week. It doesn't look like he's going to play, but I don't really think that matters here in, in this matchup against Tennessee. I am a huge fan of this Tennessee squad. Um, but you know, recently we've seen them maybe a little too much over-reliance on Dalton Connect. Um, the guy's taking over 20 shots in uh, three or four straight games. Um, and I think that's hurting the Tennessee offense. You know, where Kentucky has struggled all year this year is in their pick-and-roll defense and their over-commitment to, to over-helping and leaving shooters wide open. Um, but, you know, Tennessee isn't really a ball-screen offense. You know, Rick Barnes likes to run that slow, methodical, off-ball screening action, more of a Princeton-style offense, where I think Kentucky... Um, it lets them off the hook a little bit because, you know, they, they don't have to, you know, guard in space and, you know, struggle against the ball screen defense. I think Tennessee can lead them off the hook and bail them out with a little too much reliance on Dalton connect. Um, and, you know, I, I do see this more as a grinded out kind of game between Tennessee and Kentucky. If you look at both their matchups last year's, uh, both the games ended in the one twenties. Um, so, you know, I think this game is slower than normal, especially with Wagner out. And I, I like it to stay under the 59 and a half. And if I had to choose a side, I would lean towards the home team with Kentucky. Big 12 conference. It is one of the most interesting conferences in basketball. So let's stick with it. Iowa State and Baylor. Baylor lane three and a half as a home favorite. These are two teams that are winning in two entirely different ways. You've got the Cyclones whose defense is sound, forcing turnovers. You've got the Bears who have a potent offense. But winning on the road, if there's anything that I've learned as a spectator, is winning on the road in conference has been very difficult to do. Yet you like the road team. Why? I do like the road team here. And you're absolutely right. It is very, very hard to win um, conference games on the road, especially in the Big 12. Um, but, you know, you have to give so much credit to TJ Otzelberger and the Iowa State Cyclones. Um, if he's not in consideration of one of the best coaches in the country, then you're out of your mind. Uh, the, um, you know, what he's been able to do with this Cyclone squad, with the amount of talent that they have, um, has been outstanding. And, you know, it's it starts with their defense. They run this really pressurized, perimeter defense that you know doesn't allow many uh many uh attempts at at the rim uh and, and they wall off the paint and it forces you into a lot of isolation situations so even on the road here um i think we're going to see a lot of you know ray j dennis Jaden nunn and langston love um isolation and attacking situations where which may not be their strength and where you know where Baylor really has been successful offensively this year is their three-point shooting. You know, they're second nationally in three-point uh, field goal percentage, shooting 42%. 
And, you know, from a betting angle, you always get a little worried with a, a team that's shooting so hot and there's some negative regression looming. Um, and I think we see that a little bit down the stretch here with this Baylor squad. Um, the, the Iowa State defense is, is really going to put some pressure on this team. And, you know, with four points here now, um, I, I like taking the points in Iowa State on the road, um, especially with how good of a coach Oxenborger has a uh, coaching job he's done this year um, with this squad. Mike Kutcher with us, college basketball writer, FTN Network. All right, Mike, we got two minutes before we get you out of here. Uh, give us a couple of futures that you like that are still playable. Yeah, sure. So um, there are a few futures that I still like at the prices they're at. I was looking at DraftKings this morning. Um, first one I, I, I'm going to take a look at is, um, you know, we talked about them a little before, but um, the Tennessee, you can still grab them at 18 to 1. Um, you know, I, I know Rick Barnes does have, um, you know, the image that he can't win in March. But, you know, if you look back in the past, um, you know, guys like Jay Wright, guys like Tony Bennett also had that image in the past and have been able to overcome that. Um, you know, when I'm looking at teams that can possibly win the, uh, the NCAA final, um, you know, I, I'm looking at a few things. The first thing I'm looking at is, um, is coaching experience, uh, a coach that's been around for a long time and has a proven track record of winning. Number two, I'm looking for a, a very good perimeter backcourt who with a ton of experience. And you definitely get that with Tennessee with Zakai, Zakai Siegler and Santiago Vescovi. And now they have an, um, you know, a third scoring punch here with Dalton connect who's really come on lately. Um, so I think that, 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 um, that backcourt can really lead them far in the NCAA tournament. And then lastly is defense, right. And Tennessee, um, really hangs their hat on defense. So I, I think they could uh, really make some noise in the tournament this year. Um, and I like the number at 18 to one. Mike, we appreciate the time. Uh, We're up against it. Uh, but I know what. So Tennessee real quick, Marquette, Colorado, those three futures. Those are the three ones I like. Yes. Cool. We appreciate it, man. Awesome spot today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yep, you got it. All right, 56-50, UConn may be stretching this thing out. There are spread implications. We'll keep an eye on that as we continue to roll through here on Live Bet Saturday. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VSIN. New customers can bet five bucks, get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code VSIN. The crown is yours. Back here on Live Bet Saturday, UConn has their largest lead of the game, up 62-51 over St. John's over at Madison Square Garden. 8.40 left to go in the second half. St. John's closing in this matchup is about uh, four, or excuse me, three and a half, three-point underdogs, total of 145 and a half. So 11-point lead right now for the number one team in the country. Let's talk a little hoops, but of the professional variety. Mm-hmm. In the NBA, uh, Andy Bailey's nice enough to give us some time here today. Uh, covers the NBA for Bleacher Report. Does an awesome job. One of the better NBA minds out there. Andy, we appreciate some time. Um, so I actually I wanted to start with uh, seemingly tracking your social media last night. A game that you had your eye on. Uh, Denver Nuggets at home against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, a very good performance for uh, Nikola Jokic. I think 27, 22, and 12 is a pretty good uh, night for anybody in the NBA. So I wanted to start with this. We obviously know what's going on with Joel Embiid. The betting market market has shifted to make Nikola Jokic the odds on favorite to win most valuable player in your mind is that right is he head and shoulders above a Shea Gilders Alexander Giannis Antetokounmpo is this award his to lose yet again now that Embiid potentially out of the picture yeah I I think the market reflects perfectly what's going on and thanks for the kind intro and for having me um it, it really is amazing that 27 22 and 12 is just kind of taken for granted <laughs> at this point with him like he just, he puts up crazy lines, seems like almost every week, you know, there's some game, it's like, did you see what Jokic did? And obviously we were having similar reactions to MB before his injury, but I think the report this morning from um, Shams Tarania was, they're basically picking between surgery and rest and rehab. So if, if we weren't already counting him out of the MVP race, I think we certainly can now because he's going to miss that minimum games threshold. So I think, I think the obvious pick at the moment is probably Jokic, but I would not rule out uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, OKC could finish first in the West, which would, you know, give him a lot of sway with the voters. And then I do think it's ex- extremely impressive that he's on the second youngest roster in the NBA and, and teams that young typically don't lead the conference in wins. And I think that's going to become a story. Um, over the next couple of months. So 
there will at least be a push for SGA to win the award. I don't think it's like a given that Jokic is going to win it, but I do think it makes sense that he's the favorite. So I think following up on that, because you mentioned, right, the minimum threshold that Embiid's probably going to miss out on. Where are your thoughts on this? Because we've seen a lot of different aspects of it, right? The fact that it's uh, somewhat affair, that it's only going to be the 65 games, it's going to eliminate it. Uh, we've seen conversations around guys like Tyrese Halliburton and Embiid potentially coming back early, right? Because they don't want to miss out on that mark. Where do you stand with this threshold of the 65 games? And can there be some sort of an improvement? So guys don't rush back and maybe extend out some of these injuries, because we saw exactly happen with Halliburton with his groin injury right i i think there's push and pull with anything like this but my general take on the 65 game minimum is that it's fine um that that gives players the ability to miss 20 percent of the season and i know they're not it's it's never an apples to apples comparison when you say you know nba players versus x profession but most people can show up for 80% of their games and, and most people aren't susceptible to physical injuries the way athletes are. So again, it's not a totally fair comparison, but I do think given, given the rest and the load management and everything that has happened for the five or six years prior to this rule, I think it totally made sense for the NBA to try something. Um, a couple factors that people I don't think are talking enough about. And actually the, the first one I'm going to say has come up a little bit more recently, but this was collectively bargained. It's something that the players union signed off on. And I know, I think it was Paul Reed from the Sixers said, I never signed off on this. Um, <laughs> they didn't, you know, they didn't, they didn't personally put a piece of paper in front of every player in the league, but you're represented by the union and the union agreed to it. And I do feel like when, when you use the number 41 million isolated, like in a vacuum, that sounds like a ton of money. And that's what Tyree Saliburton could potentially miss out on. Um, but that's something that's negotiated into his contract too. And so, yeah, it, it's stinks that he's going to miss out on all that money potentially. Um, but that's not entirely the NBA's fault. I mean, that's his agent. That's, that's the precedent that the players set the years leading up to this. Um, so I don't, it's, it's certainly not a perfect rule. Like any number you pick for a game minimum is, is going to be arbitrary. And, and there's the chance that guys might rush back too soon to meet it. But in general, I, I think the good outweighs the bad, honestly. Andrew, the trade deadline is about a week away and the Lakers, they lost to the Celtics just Thursday. Claim that there's going to be fires cut at the deadline, 20, sitting at 25 and 25 on the season with really no shot to contend. What could the Lakers potentially be buying for? They are in such a weird spot because of, of the names that I think are available, at least the ones that are kind of floating around in the trade rumor mill, like DeJounte Murray and Zach Levine. I'm, I'm not sure there's anybody that takes them from what they are, like a 25 and 25 mediocre team, like you just said, and makes them a title contender. Um, they, they, they were in a very similar spot last year, obviously, and they, and they eventually went to the conference finals. But I think the bigger factor there was just the removal of Russell Westbrook. And he was such a bad fit there. I think it was less about him and, and more about the fit. Um, I think the situation is different this year. And I just don't, I don't see that difference maker out there for them. And they could, they could either expend the limited assets they have now to marginally improve, or they could wait for the summer when they'll have more picks available to trade um, potentially more names on the market. And so that, I think that's probably the more prudent path, but, but the other thing that makes the situation so unique is they have LeBron James on their team. 
and he's entered like you know trade season passive aggressive LeBron James mode where he's he's tweeting um, hourglass emojis and I think he just tweeted a month, like a couple of New York emojis to somebody like today or last night and he won't really clarify with the media what he means by that stuff so you, you I think like the sort of analytical objective side of me if I was in that front office I'd say let's just wait like let, let's wait till we have more assets let's wait till we can do something more meaningful in the summer but if you wait, you run the risk of alienating this, you know, all-time great player on your roster, and there's a bunch of potential fallout from that. Andy Bailey with us. And by the way, uh, yeah, the one with the Statue of Liberty and the crown and everything like that. So uh, hopefully it just means we're going to play the Knicks soon, but you never know with LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? uh, Andy Bailey with us, Bleacher Report. Uh, so let's uh, – I, I think there's so many things that we could discuss. I wanted to go back to a couple of nights ago. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, they go to Portland, obviously charged environment. Damian Lillard's first game back. They lose that game. But, Andy, I watched Anthony Simons pick apart that drop coverage in the third quarter. I watched a Bucks team that, again, just failed to operate defensively why would I believe that this is like the second best team in the Eastern Conference at this point when I've got a team that is playing great basketball and fits really well together like the New York Knicks who could actually look up and be a two seed this season I just I have a really bad taste in my mouth of Milwaukee they've only covered two games in the month of January is there anything positive here for the Bucks as we move forward here in this season well I'll answer the last part first I I think there are positives I, they they've got at least on paper, like this explosive, dynamic offensive duo and Giannis and Lillard. But every every concern that you just voiced is totally valid. And if I were to, if, if somebody were to ask me, what team are you taking right now between those two? I would take the Knicks. I just love the way that those guys play. I love the way all those pieces fit together, especially the new ones, um, Ananobi and DiVincenzo has been playing really good lately. There's there's like a fire and an intensity to that team that. I think reflects their coach and I, I would not be at all shocked if they're in the conference finals or in the finals. And the other thing I think about with the bucks and I, this came to mind as we were talking about MVP too, Giannis is having like a typical Giannis season. He's, he's unbelievable stats wise. Um, but that defense is a mess. The team generally, even though the record may not suggest it's a mess, kind of seems like a mess still. Um, what are they? I, I think they're still winless with Doc Rivers. Um, I, I think he's only coached two games yep. so far. And it's it's really hard to, you know, install a system to the extent that Doc Rivers has one on the fly. Uh, he's he's more of a roll the ball out and let the players play kind of guy, which is, which is good in certain situations. And I think he'll have a good relationship with their superstars. But the sort of structural and schematic issues that Milwaukee had under Adrian Griffin, I don't think they magically disappear with Doc Rivers at the helm. So they're, they're a team, again, they have a great record. They're in that you know mix of teams that's going to be vying for second in the East. But there are some real problems with them that I don't really see with, with the Knicks. And I, you know, there's a couple teams that are struggling behind them too that I might even trust more in the playoffs like I might trust Miami more in the playoffs than the Bucks. as, as weird as that is to say with how bad they've yep. played the last couple of weeks but um, just major major red flags with the Bucks right now yep Andy uh, we're up against it. good talk hoops all day but we appreciate a couple minutes sir thank you very much thank you no problem thanks for having me you got it again Andy Bailey Bleach Report we'll come back third hour live bet Saturday
It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.